Welcome to the Juniper and Journey podcast with Keziah Ritter and Lindsay Heslop. We're so thrilled that you're here. This is a podcast dedicated to celebrating the strength and stories of women, good, bad, ugly, and beautiful in their own words. We believe in the power of real conversations, honest confessions, and playful nostalgia. You'll get to hear all kinds of perspectives from all kinds of women about all kinds of things. We'll talk about life and motherhood and loss and faith. We'll reminisce about the good old days, first loves, and old flames. This is going to be fun. Things might get a little rowdy, but we can guarantee that it will be meaningful, and we hope each woman's story inspires you towards empathy, compassion, and healing. Okay, let's get started. Today, we are hanging out with um, our girl, Taylor Willard. Um, Taylor, thanks for coming. Thanks for having <laughs> We were like, uh, maybe we should sit down and, you know, hit record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because we're just standing around in my kitchen. I know. And that could last all night. So this mostly just feels like a great excuse to get to hang out with you. <laughs> it is. It's <laughs> definitely what it was. <laughs> I, like, think of this funny story with you when you had your son booker um you were due any day but not quite yet and we were had planned to get brunch and so we live pretty far away from each other at this point and so i was like okay i'm gonna get in the car we were gonna meet halfway or i was gonna come down to you i don't remember and you text me i think you text me and you were like so I, I might have peed myself. Oh, yes. But maybe it was my water breaking. But I'm sure it wasn't. So just just keep driving. I was like already in the car. You're like, just keep driving. We're still going to go to brunch. And I was like, okay, sure. So I like keep driving. And you're like, and then maybe at some point you text again and you were like, yeah, the nurse thinks <laughs> we call the nurse. She thinks it might not be pee. <laughs> I'm having like, a child. Oh, this is real. But you like, still, even you at that yeah. point, you still were like, but I think it's nothing. Yeah, it's fine. So still, it's fine. We still are going to go to brunch. <laughs> we we were like, seen each other in a long I time. Know. And yeah, it was just like, it's not a big deal. I didn't feel <laughs> anything. So it was. Right. I was like, I'll just put a diaper on. We'll be good to go. <laughs> brunch was priority at oh, that point. Yes. It was. Yeah. So I got even further. And then finally, it was, I got a phone call from Cole, your husband, and he just was like kind of giggling. So I was like, hello? <laughs> and he was like, hi. <laughs> and he was like I'm giggling. Nerdy. And then he was like, we're going to the hospital. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll turn around. And just go. I've never been more excited to be turned down for a <laughs> yeah. brunch date. Oh my gosh. I love the story of we... Um, we took a vacation to the Dominican. And I remember on one of those first few days, and it was also, I don't know, we were like, at, we we're at the pool, we were hanging out. And you and I are talking, like we're noticing that a lot of women at this resort, like it was a very, it seemed like there were a lot of European tourists. And gotcha. which was different than like other vacations we had been on. And so there's a lot of just like European tourists at this resort. And we're noticing like all of these women are just topless at the pool. Hey, and we're like, whoa, like I didn't realize we were at this kind of resort. And, <laughs> and then, you know, like the just body parts and 
flesh everywhere. <laughs> and we were like, what why are we so nervous about my two piece? Like, yeah. We were like, modest. Like, I know. I felt. And I was like, honestly, there was this By one keeping woman, your top on? Yes. At one so, moment, yeah. it was like this woman got up. So she was like laying down. And I didn't know if, you know how you just kind of sometimes unbuckle the back so you yeah. don't get a tan line? I didn't know if that was the stitch, but she gets up. She's like 60 Old. plus something. And she's got this real tan, leathery skin. And Love he's her. like, her boobies were out. And so they were long. They were long. <laughs> they were long. And Taylor and I were like, can we have her confidence, please? Yeah. Like, and then what she is had, wrong with that? She also had a thong on, too. So it was like double. Yeah. it was. I, and we were just like, honestly... Get it, yeah. Get it, Mama. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like okay. And then the, we look at each other and we're like, "Why are we so nervous yeah. about my love like, handles hanging? Why out am I not doing bikini bottoms or whatever? Like if she can do it, I can I do know. it. So on the next one, yeah. <laughs> on the next make, <laughs> yeah, we'll do thongs and boobies out. <laughs> I'll think about it. <laughs> I'll consider it. Oh my gosh, my face hurts. For it's doubtful. It is doubtful. Oh. It's so hilarious. Funny. We just died. Um, so tell us a little bit about kind of meeting Cole, your husband. I want to hear I love about, that story. I know we want to hear about meeting Cole and just a little bit about you guys. Yeah. So, uh, Cole and I met our freshman year of college. Um, it's been a while. We've been together for 10 years now. Um, the first time we met, actually, I don't know if he remembers the first time, he was a little intoxicated. Um, <laughs> and he actually was, um, yeah, we were just at a party. Um, my best friend and I, he had been like the topic of conversation between, you know, some of the soccer girls. Um, and so we just wanted to meet him. So we like went up to him and we were like, hey, we're so and so. And he just was like, hey, like he was just too cool. <laughs> too cool. For, um, you know, we went to school in a really small town, so and he was this big Colorado city kid or whatever. <laughs> so he was just too cool for us. Um and I just remember leaving and turning to my best friend being like, That kid's a douche. Like, <laughs> why is he the topic of conversation? Right. Um But yeah, um he would tell you that we met uh previously and I was falling down a flight of stairs. <laughs> That's the story I heard. That you but fell I into his lap, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't spill my drink, which is like, duh, you <laughs> should marry me. <laughs> Life um, me up. And then what? We started hanging out probably a couple months later, and then we ended up started dating the summer before our sophomore year. Um, and then, yeah, we got married in October of 2014. I moved to Colorado in July um, before we got married, and then, yeah. So that first time you met him and you are kind of like, okay, he's kind of a jerk or whatever, that first impression you had, obviously at some point that changed. Yeah. <laughs> So do you have, are there little moments where you were, that you can remember, I guess, that you were like, oh, maybe he's not that big of a jerk or like, or there are these qualities that I actually are endearing. Yeah. Um, I think if anybody knows Cole Willard, do you know he's a smooth talker? (laughs) Um, He was the guy that I typically fell for. He was um, a bad, bad guy, whatever. Um, He just... He was somebody, somebody I was like, oh, my dad would hate him. <laughs> and, I love it. Yeah. Though. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it just, I just didn't think it was going to go anywhere. And then we continued to talk all throughout summer. 
which I was shocked by. I thought, you know, the minute I'm not in his sight, he'll find somebody in Colorado. And I thought the same thing. Like, I just was like, this is, this is nothing. Like, I'm finally in college where I'm meeting more than just the people I went to high school with. Like, you know, uh, but it, it wasn't. Uh, he asked me to come to Colorado um, in August before her. Yeah. Yeah. That very end of July before we went back to school and go camping with his friends. Like he wanted to introduce me to his friends, which like I, that was a big deal to me. I got mm-hmm. to meet his family. Um, I went camping with his friends and that's when he asked me to be his girlfriend. And then it's history from there. I so yeah. And you have one little boy. Booker. Yep. Well, yeah. Chungi. Yeah, Chungi. Uh, yeah, we, um, Booker just turned two December 15th. Um, Crazy. And he's all this personality in one little tiny yeah, little toddler. And yeah, he's like the love of my life. So kind of what we want to talk about today is actually before Booker. And because he was not your first pregnancy. Um so let's talk about that a little bit. Um, when that first time you found out you were pregnant and what that was like. The first time I got pregnant was um, a literally a year after we got married. A little, I guess, before a year. Um, got pregnant in 2015. Um, kind of realized it right around Cole's actually 25th birthday. I think I actually told him on his 25th birthday that I was pregnant barely a year into our marriage and I'm not gonna lie I was I was terrified um we were barely making ends meet we were barely paying our rent (laughs) I wasn't Cole had just finished his internship with the church um I was bartending slash working at like a restaurant like it wasn't (laughs) I hadn't find I hadn't found my career path I wasn't you know, doing what I wanted to do. Um, I felt like I was just like new to Colorado. I was just figuring things out. Mm -hmm. I I feel like I'm very like in tune with my body. So like I knew, I knew like my sense of smell goes crazy. And I was just like, why am I smelling everything? And so, yeah, I took a pregnancy test and I was like, holy crap. Like, wow. And then... Gosh, probably, I think I was around six weeks when um, I started bleeding. And um, I hadn't even found a doctor in Colorado yet. Like, that was how new I was to the area. And um, luckily, you know, Cole had it through work. So, yeah, I just, like, scheduled an appointment. And honestly, it's, like, the worst experience I've ever had, like, at a doctor's office. I have never felt so, like, belittled and, like, and stupid. Alone? Cole came with me, actually, which, thank God, because I don't know what I would have done if he didn't. Um, but yeah, the doctor, like, I didn't know the doctor. I didn't know the, you know, like, that That adds into it for sure. But they just made me feel so dumb for, like, coming in so early that, like, a miscarriage is are so common that, like, why would you even come in when you're only six weeks along? He kind of said, like, you can do a blood test, like, but there's no point. Like, this isn't good. Like, it's gone. When you were bleeding, had you, 
did you already think like this could be bad? Like I'm, I'm miscarrying or were you still at a point where you're like, I haven't even been told yet. Like you, you miscarried. I just had a bad, it was a bad feeling. Like I didn't feel good. I was having like pretty bad cramps and I had just told Cole, like there's, there's something wrong. Um, and I, I, like, I have a pretty high pain tolerance, pretty high, like, I wouldn't tell him that something, like, I don't go to the doctor just because, not my, like, favorite place. So I think that's when he was like, okay, I'm coming with, like, this is, this is real. Um, so yeah, we, like, left. I did get a blood test, just some, like, peace of mind to make sure, like, I wasn't, like, imagining that I was pregnant and I wasn't. Um, and then obviously they like came back and told me that like it had been pot, like I was, but yeah, I just, so they basically were like, yes, you're having a miscarriage. There was no reason to even come in, go home and deal with this. Yeah. Yeah. It was awful. Like I, and I don't know if it was because we were like young but we weren't like not like thinking about now right. we weren't that young right so i just remember leaving and just being like geez i hope like i'll tell you i never went back to that certain right. place so i was like what the heck right what was the car ride home like silence like neither of us even knew i think we were just like trying to process trying to figure yeah it was just and I think neither of us had really processed the fact that I was pregnant and then turning around literally like days later and then being like oh but I'm not anymore right it was like you had just started to go oh my gosh I'm gonna have a baby yeah and come to terms with that and then for that to be yeah, I was like, yeah, we hadn't even gotten there yet. Right. And then for it to be swapped so fast. And then on top of that, Flatirons was going through a media fast that week. So, and I agreed to do it with Cole. I didn't have to, but like I thought it would be a good idea for us. So no, um, no TV, no radio, no social media. And it was like... <laughs> You can't why? This like, now. why did I say yes? Um, so there was, yeah, there was no escape. There was no, well, and even just distraction. Exactly. Be, like, yeah. Can yeah. I just like yeah, numb myself yeah. on the couch for a second, or right. just watch my favorite comfort? Ex- even yeah, right. not even numbing, just comfort of my favorite show or whatever. Yeah. And like at the time, Cole and I's communication just wasn't. It sure the hell isn't what it is now. And I think he just felt like he didn't want to bring it up because he knew it made me upset. I didn't know how to talk about it. I was definitely, both of us were definitely like stuffing it. And it was just this weird, we're not going to talk about it thing. (laughs) It was just, and then just to add like, we couldn't even be on our phones or be like watching TV was really hard. It just made the silence of it louder. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At that point, had you shared with anyone other than Cole that you were at, you know, in those few days that you were pregnant and then had to also tell? 
yeah. that you had lost. So I baby. told my sister because my due date was would have literally been da- days after her wedding. <laughs> um, and then I just remember, like, I didn't even have the balls to call her. I literally just texted her yeah. and was like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't know how to talk about it right now. I also, like, just moving to Colorado, I didn't have a ton of friends here. I didn't have somebody that I felt like I could, like, talk to about it. And at the time, I didn't know anybody else who had had a miscarriage. So it was like, who would I talk to about this? Who would get it? It's not something that people talk about. And so when people do go through it, they they do feel alone. They do feel isolated because it's... It wasn't common. And like on top of that, I felt relieved, which like I'm ashamed to say that now to be like, you know, but we weren't ready. Like I wasn't ready. Cole, we just, we weren't there. Mm-hmm. And like right now I can go, that was like a blessing from God. <laughs> I would never tell anybody that like a couple years later I was mad at that person who was relieved because it's like being pregnant is the biggest like miracle and gift that you get and so many people don't get that so to be relieved like how selfish and like I know we could have done it, like, right? Like, we could have. We had all the support in the world from Cole's family, from my family. But, like, I can definitely tell you we wouldn't be where we are now. We were eating ramen noodles and eating food from my work at the time. Like, it just, we weren't we weren't ready mentally, physically, emotionally in our marriage. And so, like selfishly I was so angry but then literally I was like like I don't have to figure this out yeah now yeah I'm not ready we're not ready and that readiness doesn't come with age or with even sometimes it doesn't come with like a certain spot that we think we should be at in our life like that readiness is so personal and it is so unique, like to each woman and to each couple, what ready looks like. And so I think for you to say we weren't ready, I think women who understand that not readiness go like, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. And just because you're 25. Yeah. Doesn't mean that you like have to be ready. Yeah. Right. Or, or whatever. Yeah. And I know like you'll never, you you won't, you will never be ready for a child. Like <laughs> I'm not ready right. now. And I... <laughs> Um, but like, I just like our relationship wasn't ready. I knew like, obviously we, you can figure out the money thing, the, the whatever, but like, we just weren't there yet. And the, the fact that we couldn't even communicate how we were feeling after all this happened, like just goes to show that we weren't Hmm. and we just, it just wasn't there. So what happened in the the days after that, like how does this change things for you and Cole? I think it actually like helped. It helped bring us together. It helped us realize that we needed more 
guidance in and we needed to work on our marriage and us before we did bring kids if if that was God's intent for us to be parents we needed to figure out how to coexist together um and it's like we were together for what four and a half years before we got married and it's like we still needed we needed help how are we going to move forward from this and hopefully be able to create a family down the road because that that was you know that that is the goal that was the goal but like at the time it was like we are we are almost 25 years old so like what are we doing to like grow and not be kids anymore but actually um, turning into like real adults um so yeah I think I, I think it definitely brought us together the media fast like it it sucked but like it made us talk about like things that even though we weren't talking about the miscarriage we were still talking about other things happening and I think it just really helped us with like communication and and that moving forward and then it made us realize like okay what do we want you know with with life and how are we gonna go from here so in those months kind of after this were you okay with the grief coexisting with the relief or did that feel like those two things couldn't be there and they almost fought each other and they fought within your own person? Like, what was that like? Yeah. Those two things. No, existing? I think that's, I, yeah, it felt wrong to feel like if I'm relieved, then I'm not sad about this or I'm mm -hmm. not upset that this happened. And then it was like the flip side. If I'm, sad and upset and angry, then am I really relieved? It was definitely something that I like toyed with and, and I didn't, I don't know if I still know, like, I don't know which one it would be like one day I would be relieved. And then the other day I would be sad and like pissed off that, you know, this wasn't happening. And then it was like, I didn't think that, um, having kids would be easy for me. And I don't, I, I'm not, honestly, not sure why. Um, and this was kind of just like, gosh, is this, is, is this the path for my life? Like, am I, am I not supposed to be a mom? But the, like, I think that like relieved thing is really what, like, I didn't understand. Like, why, why do I feel that way? What needs to change in me that makes me, that I wouldn't be relieved? And what needs to change like in our marriage or whatever that you're not supposed to be relieved when that happens, right? Language is so funny, right? Like even just using that word relief. Maybe really it's like, it's almost this weird version of like hope or something where you're just like, I'm hopeful for this in the future, right? And so, gosh, just like battling through those thoughts and definitions. And and there is something, I think, too, unexpected pregnancy being scary. I think relief goes hand in hand with that, too, being like, this is not what I was expecting. Your own expectations, the world's expectations of what it means to be a mom, 
and feeling like, ah, like it wasn't, I didn't choose this. Yeah. But then the the weird guilt too of like, but I'm, I'm, I know I shouldn't feel relief about this going away. Yeah. But also like, it was really hard to feel excited when I found out. Because like I also felt scared. Yes, and, yes. Like and whole, just kind of yeah. kids yourself. Like yeah. that's what you're describing. Again, it's not your age. Whatever. We've all had seasons <laughs> like that where you're like, we're still just kind yeah. of <laughs> looking <laughs> at each other and going, oh, <laughs> what we're are adults. we doing? <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's a really good way to put that. And then how do you look at your husband and put any of that into words, right? Or like where it makes sense or and then even trying to just meet him where he's at yeah Yeah. right and be like having room for probably all the feelings that he's experiencing or trying to coexist in his own mind like it's just a lot i would imagine yeah i am not an articulate person i don't like talking about my feelings so like putting that into words just wasn't happening and I then I think like he felt like he couldn't talk about it either. And I don't know if he like knew how he was feeling either. And how does he tell me that he's relief, relieved as well? Because I wasn't telling him that. And then like there's no way he was gonna tell me that, right? Right. It was hard. It was a hard, a hard couple months for sure. And then a little bit of like acting like nothing happened too. Because we weren't talking about it. So it was just going on with like our day to day. And I don't know if, you know, he might have been talking to people at church because, of course, like you work in a church community, it's easy to find people who like you can talk to about things like that and who, you know, are good listeners. I was working at a bar. Like (laughs) I'm not bringing that to work. And I think that was really hard for me is that like I didn't feel like I had somebody to talk to. Because you're now living like in the aftermath of this, were there things that would would hit you so differently now? Sure. Like I think anyone who has struggled with miscarriage or conceiving or anything, people just don't understand that like I think people's thing is, oh, a couple gets married, then they have babies. And so the first thing they ask is, well, when are you going to have a baby? And it's like, you don't have a clue what people are dealing with. And I'm not, I'm guilty of that. I have asked that question as well. And then I'm like, shut up. Like, what are you doing? And it's like that, that question is so loaded for a lot of people. How do you answer that when like that question could easily make you break down? And it's asked a lot. I don't want to answer that. Like I'm trying and I'm not going to, I don't want to be rude about it, but it's like, don't ask that. Miscarriage is such a, again, it's a hard and it's something that is different for every single person. The whole crap about like God has a bigger plan. He does. You're 100% right, but like, I don't want to hear that crap right now. Like, when you're grieving and you're sad and you're mad and upset, like, I don't want to hear that. Do you think God want, like, no, it wasn't? Yeah, like, screw you. Right. 
and just just little things like that that's like shut up <laughs> yeah probably almost the most hurtful is when somebody's trying to be helpful yeah exactly like they mean it's like well. just listen yeah or just be like i'm here yeah i'm sorry does a yeah. lot i'm sorry i don't know what you're going through but i'm praying for you just something like that well and right and that's part of even your own piece of this where it was like I don't, I'm not talking about this. I don't want to talk about this. And then feeling like maybe in moments where you did, and then you're met with that kind of stuff. You're like, then what is the <laughs> Why point talk about this that? isn't even yep. yeah. helpful or supportive or anything? This is why I haven't been talking about it. Yeah. yeah it just exactly. reinforces yeah. that like, well, if this is what I met with, yeah, no then thanks. I'm for sure not taking this anywhere. Yeah. So eventually... You you did get pregnant again. Yeah. So we just decided, we ended up deciding that we were just going to leave it up to God. If it was his intent for us to be parents, then that's awesome. And so I got pregnant again in 2017. So it it took a while. We weren't necessarily preventing, but we weren't trying. I felt fine. I felt okay. I was I was excited this time when I took the pregnancy test and when I told Cole and it just it felt totally different like happy I uh, we <laughs> we were living in a 600 square foot basement apartment so like I have no idea where baby would have went um <laughs> but we were going to figure it out we were much more uh together like in our marriage and spiritually and just everything it just like felt okay i had a career i had a job i had a good job cole had a good job we were saving money we had a a plan our plans never (laughs) (laughs) there's air quotes Um, around that plan. (laughs) um so this time because of my experience last time i didn't go to the doctor right away because I was like, if this is going to end in a, a miscarriage again, like, I'm not going to feel stupid again. I'm not going to, like, walk out of a doctor's office as upset as I was last time. So I didn't go in. Um, I was at work. And like, I think I said, I have a pretty high pain tolerance. I was doubled over in pain um, for, like, about an hour and I texted Cole and I just said, hey, I'm just, I don't feel good. Um, I am having like these cramps and I was like, I'm not bleeding, but I just, I don't feel right. And he was like, you, I just would feel better if you called. And so I called our doctor and she, who I love, and I'm so mad that I don't have her anymore, but they were like, you need to come in now. And I was at work and I li- worked in Commerce City and my doctor was in Lafayette, Lafayette. So it's like, but at the time my boss was amazing and I just said like, I need to leave. And so we got to the doctor's office and they got me in right away. And so this is the first time you're going into the doctor is when you're not in pain. When, yeah. yeah, when I'm not feeling great. And gosh, I will say the nurse was so rude. I like got up on the table to do the ultrasound and she's like, your bladder. I had just gone to the bathroom. She's like, your bladder is still full. Like I had to go pee again. And she was just so like, I was like, 
okay. And so I get down and I go to the bathroom. I come back and literally she like does the probe and her her demeanor changed instantly because she knew. And she just said like, you're having an ectopic pregnancy. And I had no idea like, what is that? Cole and I just looked at it like Cole had so met the nurse me there. told you the nurse. I'm sorry, that's wrong. Her demeanor changed, and she said, "I need to go and get the doctor." Oh, okay. But I just like I had looked at Cole like that a was weird. She was <laughs> oh, yeah. just a total bitch, <laughs> and now she's like she like put her hand on my arm and said, and so then my nurse or my doctor came in and explained what was happening, and then said, "You're too far along." And we have to do surgery tomorrow to get it removed. We're both just shocked. Like this, really? Like again? And at this time, it just was like, surgery just sounds like so much more, right? Like it's not, it's not normal. And then she continued to talk about like how, like the complications from having a topic like basically she was telling me like if you in the like we need to schedule this first thing in the morning and if you are having pain again like you could die like basically told me that if it bursts then i could bleed bleed out from whatever and it was just kind of that thing where it's like you're just going through the motions at that point so we scheduled surgery i think it was like four o'clock and i literally was like i need to go back to work like, I can't go home and, like, sit on this. So Cole went to work, and I went, I drove, I started driving back. I called my mom and told her what was happening. And then I called my sister and told her. And then I called my boss. Thank God for her, because she she's a believer, too. So she was like, I'm praying for you. I'm so sorry. Like, if you need anything at all, like, let me know. Obviously, you can have tomorrow and the next couple of days off. Like, and I just, I just went back to work. I finished my projects. And I came home that night and we were just like, okay, we're going to do it again. And like, the worst part of it all is that Cole was leaving for Africa the next week for 12 days. And he was like, I'm canceling my trip, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, no, you're, what do you mean? I had surgery the next day. Um, everything, they decided to remove one of my fallopian tubes that that would be like the best course of action. And I really trusted my doctor. So I was like, okay, like if that's what you think is best, then, um, then okay. And like, I had two hours to like research what was even happening. Like I had never heard of an ectopic pregnancy. I had never, I didn't know that it was a thing, let alone that people like went through it, that it was semi-common, I guess. I think it's like one in 50 women have them or pregnancies have them. The removing the fallopian tube is, is like what? I was like, this is it. This is God telling me, no, you're not you don't get to be a mom. So yeah, I, I just remember like driving home from work and just being like, this is it. I'm done. And my doc, my doctor was like, it's not the end of the road. Like uh, losing a fallopian tumor is not like saying you can never have kids again, but it could be. 
Like, it just depends. I just felt really defeated. And then I turn and look at that girl who was so relieved three years prior. And it's like, you're relieved? Like, because I, I wasn't relieved this time. This time I was, I was mad. And I was really upset. And I just felt, I just felt really, really alone. But I will say, like, after that happened, it was much different than the other one. I had people in my life that time that I felt comfortable talking to. My relationship with God was a lot better. I was actually chasing after Jesus, so it felt like I wasn't alone like I was last time. I felt like I could talk to my mom and my sister and Cole and be sad, and that was okay. At the time when like I got the news, I felt like it was God telling me no, but a couple like weeks afterwards, I was like, not necessarily true. And I started to like have hope a lot sooner than I did the last time. And I think that just comes with, I was more secure in my relationships all around. You called me that day. And I remember like where I was sitting and everything. Ugh, sorry. <laughs> I remember it feeling like cruel that like miscarried once before and that that was so hard and that then you would be pregnant again and like that you would miscarry in this way. And then the cold was gone. I was like, God, this is cruel. I just remember feeling like, that's too much. Yeah. Like having surgery wasn't exactly comfortable. And then my friend said, actually, because Cole was leaving, we had decided to do like a snowboarding trip <laughs> that next week. And I just was like, I need to do like, I need to do this. I need to be with people who understand me and who I can just kind of forget about what's happening at home and I can just be because I don't I don't ask for help I don't like that's not me and we really didn't even like talk about it that much I'd mentioned it I told him like how I was feeling um it was it literally was like four days after surgery and I was on a snowboard I was gonna say which wasn't exactly like recommended yeah she said she said like the minute you stop feeling good then you need to get off which i also found out that i was allergic to vicodin at the time which is their drug of choice they gave me <laughs> so cole literally leaves that morning and i wake up and i have a rash from my uh belly button all the way up to my neck and it is itchy and oh. i can't get it to stop itching Anyway, um, figure, figured it out. It was fine. <laughs> Good to went, know. Went to urgent care as well. Oh, but my god! Yeah, we just, it, we talked about it a little bit. I said what, like, I needed to say. This time, I feel like, you know, they were there the last time, right? But they, I think they knew it was different. You know, they were able to say the, I'm sorry, we're here for you. Like, and it wasn't, they didn't even need to, you know, give me advice. Just 
being like in their presence and being in, not being at home, not constantly like thinking about it. It was just good. And I think for Cole, like being able to be over in Africa and like not like being distracted by his phone, not being distracted by work, he was able to like be in silence and be able to kind of process it a little bit more. So when he got back, you know, that first time it was, you guys kind of struggled acting like it never happened or struggled to communicate about it and stuff. Was that also different the second time? Definitely. Definitely different. We were able to talk about it. We were able to be sad together. We were able to like be mad about it. But then I think we were also able to be hopeful after that. And I think it also helped like show us that this is what we want. We shared this one with other people. We asked people to be praying for us. And like last time we we just didn't have that. And this time we did. And it it was very much so felt that we had people in our circle who were on our side. So then eventually you find out you're pregnant a, a third time. Yeah. Yeah. After all of that, what was that like finding out again? So again, we just decided this is just like up in the air, right? Like we're not going to put this huge emphasis on getting pregnant. It's just like, it just is what it is. And we're going to go from there. I started to get a hint of it literally right before our Dominican trip. And I took a pregnancy test and it was negative. So I was like, okay, I took the pregnancy test because I was like, I don't, I'm going to go and drink my butt off, right? Like <laughs> I, should, I should probably know if I'm pregnant or not. That wasn't defeating. I wasn't like sad. It just, it just was what, what it was. And, and yeah, that was fine. Um, so we go to the Dominican and I don't feel awesome like the whole time. And I just thought it was what, just leathery, saggy boobs <laughs> making you a little knock. Please quit. The lady like just her, her butt cheeks were just not in it for me. And like the food was pretty sketch. Yeah. Ish. Not great. And I don't have a very like strong stomach. So I just, was and like traveling, you're like maybe I was traveling, I was drinking, I was in the blazing sun, getting scorched. So I was just like, I'm just yeah, yeah, I'm just like being a baby about this. It's whatever. And then we got home, and that like sense of smell came back, and I was like, oh, where you just okay. can smell everything. Yeah, yep, and it's it is strong. Like even Cole's like. I hate it when your your nose is just like he's like you're like a bloodhound and it it's like yeah my nose and it was in the airport going home that I was like this is legit I could smell everyone's bo like it it was bad yeah not good smells no it's not good smells it's always bad worst so yeah we got home and I took another pregnancy test and I and it was positive and then I took probably three or four more yeah I told Cole. So, I mean, I told him in a very, like, odd way because, you know, like, I, like, made it special the first two times. And this time it was just, like, I'm not I'm not going to do that to us again. He was <laughs> complaining about somebody else being pregnant, actually. <laughs> and I was, like, what if we're pregnant? And I was, like, not in the same room as him. And he kind of, like, poked his <laughs> head and was, like, what? And I literally like showed him 
Not one, but seven tests. <laughs> <laughs> Again, confirm. And was like, what if I am? I was told after the topic that as soon as I found out I was pregnant again, I needed to come in right away. Because if I were to have another ectopic pregnancy and lose my other tube, then I wouldn't get pregnant again. So I went in right away. And everything looked great. And it looked real. And we got to hear baby's heartbeat. We got to like actually have hope for the first time. What sucks is like I didn't hold on to that hope. Like I wasn't, I wasn't sure. And I wasn't about ready to let myself be happy again and just have it come crashing down. And I, I didn't, I didn't get there. We did have a lot like going on in our life. Um, I decided to switch jobs. We were moving. We got a puppy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there was so many moving parts in our life that it was easy for me to be distracted by other things. And so like I continued to not, I don't know if I just didn't think about it, but I just, I wasn't going to let myself picture holding a baby like that. I couldn't do that again. I probably hit 26, 27 weeks where I finally was like, this is real and it's happening. But like every single doctor's appointment, I went in thinking it could end today. It could not have a heartbeat we didn't find out the gender. And I think that's what made it easier for me not to find out the gender because there's another attachment, right? All of those things tied into like not becoming super attached until I was far enough along that I was like, if I did have the baby now, like it could make it. And that's when like things like actually started feeling real. And I felt like, holy crap, like I do get to be a mom. All, literally everything I went through is 100% worth it now. I would be mad and sad and relieved and stressed and not stressed and all of those things 500 more times. And then Cole's dad got sick and it just, it kind of made it that much harder. He got sick. We found out he was sick in October and I was due in December. I knew from the beginning that it was a boy, like I just had this feeling and so did he. So we just had that like thing (laughs) and that kind of took away from like that, that happiness. We found out he had cancer in October and we're sitting in our birthing class and we literally were there for an hour and we got a phone call and I think I was 32 weeks and we got a phone call and Cole's dad was back in the hospital he just said, like, it's it's not good, and I need you to come here now. So we left our birthing class, and we went, and his dad and their, his doctor basically told us, like, I'm not going to make it much longer. It definitely took some joy out of the whole situation. Cole's dad passed away about a month and two days before Booker was born. The good part about that is that I... I know those two babies, they get grandpa, right? But Booker doesn't. And that that's hard. Doc would have been the best freaking grandpa. All he wanted was to last until Booker was born. It just sucks. And I know that Cole would think about like, 
when my dad got to hold Booker for the first time. I could just see that in Cole's eyes. Like, I wish my dad was doing that. But, like, literally thinking, like, I didn't get to meet those two babies before, but, like, he did. And he does, and he gets to. I just think about, like, things that Booker should be doing, you know, with Grandpa Doc, and it just sucks that he's not. But then I also think, I try (laughs) to be positive about it and just think, like, those two babies in heaven, they get the best grandpa there. And there's things that Booker does that remind me so much of him. And it's just like, he's there, you know? He's with us. And Booker knows how to say Doc now and he can point and see a picture of him. But it's just, you know, that part of it, that's really, it just really sucks. Were you fearful about birth at all? I mean, having... Even arriving at that feels like, right? You're like, I'm just getting to the next doctor's appointment. I mean, actual birth, like, were you scared of that piece or were you just... Well, yeah, even that day we talked about it, you're like, no, it's not here yet. (laughs) Let's go to brunch. I I think that was like a part of like, I mean, she was talking about like Cole was laughing. We literally, my water broke and we were laying in bed watching TV in the morning and my water broke like... All the stories about like it gushing everywhere. That's not, I literally thought that I had like just sneezed and peed a little because that (laughs) happens a lot. And so I just thought that that happened. And then I went to the bathroom and I was like, this is just like different. And that's when I told, because I like, I think my water broke, but I'm not sure. (laughs) And then I was like, I'm still going to brunch. So I got in the shower and then. That is when it was like full, like I was like, this isn't the shower. (laughs) (laughs) And Cole and I are like hysterically laughing at each other. Like this is happening. Obviously you could see my belly, right? Like it was real, but like it didn't feel real. And like we had had so much distractions, Doc moving, the church, my new job, a puppy, and and then it was it was real. So we were both just laughing at each other, and we got all of our stuff together, and and we go, and uh, we call our families. I think we told you guys, and obviously you knew. <laughs> I was in the loop whether you guys wanted me to be or not. <laughs> and we just told everyone like it's happening. So yeah, we get there and we do like the intake. Uh, you know, Cole, he likes to joke around with people, jokes that are just not appropriate. And so he's like, if it's a boy, he wanted to do the circumcision. (laughs) And she did not think that that was funny. (laughs) And then we got into the room and we just hung out. And then I was pissed because I was hungry and they weren't going to let me eat. And Cole was like, you should let her eat or we'll all be like, (laughs) we're all going to pay for that. (laughs) So we had lunch, and of course Cole's been eating the whole entire time, and yeah, we oh, he's we, just prepping yeah, for that circumcision, exactly, right? <laughs> Gotta fuel up. Um, and they started a pitocin. My contractions went like through the roof, and so then they turned it down, and then they like went completely away, and then they realized that he, at the time, it was just baby was um flip-flopped so he wasn't in the right position so then they were they were like do you want an epidural and at the time I was like not like I'm fine and Cole was like please just get it like don't be a hero just get it (laughs) 
And then I couldn't move my freaking legs. <laughs> and so then they're like trying to get me to get baby to flip and nothing's happening. And then at 12.50, there is a brigade of like nurses. There's like 15 of them in our room at one point. And all of a sudden I have oxygen on my face and the doctor's in there and she's like, we need to do an emergency C-section. Um, we can't find baby's heartbeat. We don't know if, if baby's breathing. Are you okay with doing a C-section? And I just like, all of a sudden things were just like bad, downhill fast. And of course I'm like, I've, got, I've been through a lot to get here, lady. Like get this baby out of me. Like now I just, this nurse grabbed my hand and she was like, it's going to be fine. We do this all the time. We'll bring your husband in. So they wheel me into their, this super sterile, like my room was like nice and cozy. And I go into this sterile, like operating, operating room, room yeah. and I'm like, oh crap. And they literally like tie my, my hands down. Like I felt like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, now. yeah. Like I literally was like, what is this? And literally by the time Cole walked in, they had already like cut me, started cutting me open. It happened so fast. They pulled him out and they're like, do you want to tell her what it is? And he was like, it's a boy. They were like, what's his name? And we knew we were going to name him Christopher after obviously Cole's dad. But we knew we were going to like call him something else. And so we had two names picked out and I literally turned to Cole and I was like, what's his name? <laughs> And Cole just was like, Christopher Booker. And they're like, everyone like cheered. And so Cole like cuts his umbilical cord and they lay him on my chest. And it literally was like, this is, it's all fine. Again, like I would do that, the miscarriage. They taught, I would go through it all like just to have that again. Like there's nothing better than that. And to finally like get that. He's laying in the little like bassinet next to him. It's like, that that's mine. <laughs> like he is mine. It just felt real for the first time. Like it just felt like all completely worth it. Do you have moments where these experiences kind of show up? I'm not great at talking about like, I'm not great at people like feeling sorry for me. I think that's when you guys asked me to like do this. And initially my first thought is like, no, <laughs> right? <laughs> But then a girl I actually went to college with, um, through a roundabout way, I found out that she was pregnant again and she never like announced it or anything. And so I just had like a bad feeling and just said like, like national miscarriage day or whatever. She like shared the candle, um, that I always do. And so I just sent her and I just said, I was really hoping that this wasn't the case for you. I'm praying for you. Or after that happened, she had just said, I didn't know that that was your story either. And kind of just asked me. And I just said, like, I had a miscarriage and then I had an ectopic and then I had Booker. And about a month ago, she reached out and said, hey, I just had an ectopic pregnancy. And you're the only person who I've ever heard of that from. And so she just asked me to share I think what really sucks is people don't share. They don't share their struggles and what they're going through. And now I get it. Like that literally this is why I agreed to do the podcast with you guys because she felt alone and she felt like no one knew what how what she's going through right now. And because I randomly reached out and just said, 
I'm praying for you. I know how that feels. I got to tell her that I'm pregnant again and that she has hope, right? And I don't know what she's going through because she had a baby first and then she had miscarriage and then the ectopic. So I, I don't know what that piece is. But literally the other day she told me like, you're my beacon of hope right now because I've never heard of anybody who's like been able to have a baby, let alone two after this is like, why wouldn't I share my story? It's about making sure that others don't feel alone in something that is so isolating, something that's not talked about like it should be. I don't know. Sometimes people just need that, need just a little bit to like keep going and and not feel so alone. I appreciate about, I think how you have been discerning about like when you share this and like who you share it with and like that, because I know that part of you, it makes me even more like honestly honored and humbled that you would even, that you would say yes to this. Like, cause I know you are so discerning about that, but I also appreciate that because of your experience, you've also like left room for other people's stories to be their story in sharing yours. I appreciate that you're so mindful of saying like, and my ending might not be your ending. Everybody wants the happy ending, right? right? And just because like that might look different for literally everyone. And it's hard too, because I know people who aren't getting that happy ending right now or are really struggling right now. What's your favorite thing about being a mom? I feel like just like after Christmas and Booker's birthday is like where it really hits home is just so he just turned two. So he's finally like he's chattering a little bit more and he's his personality is showing even more and just seeing like the utter joy on his face, which he doesn't necessarily understand Christmas, right? Like it's probably just presents, but just seeing like even I'm opening a present, which was an air fryer. And he was so excited that I was excited. Literally just little pieces of days where it's like, I could be in a terrible mood. Like I'm mad at Cole or I'm mad at myself. He's really good at snuggling or like hugs. And it's like, he knows (laughs) when I'm in a bad mood, he's so ornery. So like a little smile or just, just something like that, that like, it doesn't feel real that he's mine. Like, I just hope I never, I never forget those. Right now I'm, I'm savoring my, our last Christmas of just him. Like, this is our last Christmas of just us three or, or this is your last year by yourself. Like, we're adding to this crazy. What is the thing that gets you out of bed? Uh, yeah, I'm 22 weeks pregnant. So it's usually, (laughs) I have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, honestly, Booker wakes up and he's just like in the best mood in the morning. And that's, that's really nice. I'm Cole and I are not morning people at all. So like hearing Booker on the monitor, like hooting and hollering and like, he's, he's ready. He's ready for us to come and get him. That just makes like waking up even better. And what keeps you up at night? So I'm not going to lie. Like I am, I'm a good sleeper. I fall asleep pretty fast. So not a lot. Just just like the little things like, it, um, did I do enough for him today? Like, did I give him enough attention? I think my phone is like really tricky for me right now is like being 
um, engaged with him while he's awake. Um, so I'm like really working on that, but like, I just want to make sure like I'm being the best I get to finally be a mom. So like, am I doing a good job and am I doing like the best for him? Well, thank you so much for coming and chatting with us and for saying yes. (laughs) Yeah. For saying yes to sharing this part of your story and we love you. I love you guys. Uh, this is uh, like this podcast has like I I've told you guys like I'd sit in my car and cry and listen to these stories and and again this is like another reason I said yes like these badass women get on your podcast and they they tell their stories and they're looking to help people. They're looking to make somebody feel like they're not alone. And so I'm I'm honored to be asked and I think this is awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Juniper and Journey podcast. If you heard something that resonated with you or that you have questions about, we would love to hear from you. Follow us on Instagram at Juniper and Journey and slide into our DMs. It would be our treat and total privilege to chat with you. We all have a story. If you'd be interested in sharing yours here on the podcast, please reach out. Bye for now. Cheers. Cheers.